Your Heavenly Father, we ask that we might be instruments in thy hand to fix what we find broken. In the name of Jesus Christ. woman and her 15-month-old child were murdered in their home. We are asking the public for their help. We aren't a community that usually locks its doors. So for now, we feel it's prudent to err on the side of caution. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Whether you're shipping 100 packages a month or thousands, ShipStation lets you automate routine shipping tasks and easily handle returns. Manage orders, print labels, compare rates, optimize every shipment, and automate delivery notifications with ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard. Plus, you can access industry-leading discounted rates from USPS, UPS, DHL, and Global Post with discounts up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. Over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce businesses with ShipStation, and 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. Optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Use promo code WONDERY today at ShipStation.com to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com promo code WONDERY. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Hey everyone, and welcome to Real Crime Profile. I'm Laura Richards, criminal behavioral analyst, former New Scotland Yard, founder of Paladin National Stalking Advocacy Service, and host of the podcast Crime Analyst. And with me today is... I'm Jim Clementi, retired FBI profiler, former New York City prosecutor, writer, producer of CBS's Criminal Minds. Hi, and I'm Lisa Zambetti. I'm casting director for CBS's Criminal Minds. And today we're turning to a case that's kind of been brought back to life in the news recently. We're going to be talking about the horrific murders of 24-year-old Brenda Lafferty and her toddler daughter, Erica. This happened on July 24th, 
1984 in American Fork, Utah. And it's in the news again because of the new Hulu original series called Under the Banner of Heaven, based on the book by John Krakauer of the same name. And we've watched the series. Full disclosure, they actually were a sponsor of Real Crime Profile a couple months ago. And I've read the book. Um, And I think there's just a lot to go over uh, as far as the murder, what is or isn't depicted in the show. And I just love to get Jim and Laura's thoughts about the whole case. Well, yeah, the series was, I think, very well done. It's very compelling. Uh, But the case, the underlying case is horrific. And as we always do, we'll start with the victimology. And as you said, Brenda Lafferty and her daughter, Erica, who was an infant, were brutally murdered and this is a very rare type of crime where someone comes in from the outside and and murders a mother and daughter in the safety and sanctuary of their home and it's a it's a crime that in the level of violence that occurred and the disgusting nature of it are really the the foundation for this entire series and i imagine for the book as well is that true lisa the prologue of under the banner of heaven starts with this murder very kind of puts it together rather succinctly but then it goes off into many other narratives talking about why this might have happened the motivations possibly of the offenders and its place in a certain religion's history, whether or not we believe that, that that this this particular religion is any more or less violent than any other monotheistic patriarchal religion, that's up for debate. But but the book definitely jumps around and gets back to the apprehension of the murderers much, much later in the book. Well, the way that the series covers it with, you know, sort of jumping back and forth between a few different timelines. Uh, it actually does accomplish a really good job of laying out the victimology. And so you see Brenda and how how she was brought into the family. She falls in love with one of the sons, who's probably a little bit of a rebel in the family. And she's quite a little rebel herself, which is a great thing about her personality. She's free-spirited, and you really get to know her. And to see how kind and caring she is and then you know what kind of a great mother she becomes and that underscores the the terrible horrific nature of this crime yes brenda wright nay wright before lafferty and i think it's interesting that when we describe someone as a rebel or opinionated she she was a woman who was probably before her time back in that time and that place and certainly within the religion that she was someone who was louder than life. She was outspoken. We never describe men that way, by the way, that they're outspoken. But Mm. I'm saying that about Brenda, having read what her sister said about her, Sharon, who said that, you know, the real Brenda was tall, athletic. She was really into sports. She was somebody who was very fashionable, everything about her hair and her clothes. She had strong opinions, but was very fun, big personality. 
fun, loud. She could burp the alphabet. <laughs> you know, all all things that we don't see. Well, we see some of it characterized in the Hulu show, but I think bringing her to life through her sister's voice and the fact that she did love her faith and her religion. And I think that that's probably quite an important thing to say that she felt strongly about it. She's played by Daisy Edgar Jones in the Hulu show, who does a good job, mm-hmm. I feel. I think all the actors did, did very well, but the murder is incredibly brutal. And I'm glad that we didn't see it in the Hulu show because it's what it opens with. And Jim said, you know, the stranger type crime like this is relatively rare, where actually women are most likely to be killed in their homes at the hands of the men who love them. And that is for reference for everybody, because there are cases at the moment in the UK, women being killed outside the home, just from walking home. And therefore, the question always for me is, where are women safe? She was with her 15-month-old baby, Erica. And of course, this rings very hard for me with 10-month-old Rafi, which is why I'm glad that we didn't see the true nature of the brutality that was rained down on two defenceless and vulnerable, one a mother, new mother, and the other being the toddler. So the first thing I would have thought about without knowing the whole case was about the men in her life. And of course, the show sets it up that her husband suddenly appears with blood on his hands. And so law enforcement looked to him. And for me, that's where I would be looking straight away. I don't remember actually in the show, maybe Jim or Lisa can remember whether the date was actually made clear. Was the date made clear in the show? I don't remember. I believe that they talk about it being Pioneer Day. And that's something I wanted to talk to you about, which is a big holiday in Utah. Um, and it's a day where, you know, everybody goes out, it's a parade, it's, it's, you know, you spend time with your family. And it, it struck me as odd that on that day, um, Alan, who's Brenda's husband, he actually went to work. So, you know, 80 miles away near Ogden, Utah, and he wasn't home with his family, um, though court records say that he did call. But that's, that's what I remember about them, them saying the date. Did you have something else, Laura? Well, it was just the the day. It's like when the Parkland shooting happened. For me, it was Valentine's Day. And that's a very important day to mm-hmm. choose to do something mm-hmm. like a, a mass shooting. And so this happening on Pioneer's Day, July the 24th, 1984, actually, it's one of the questions I would have been asking, but I just didn't remember seeing it as clearly within the Hulu show that was a strategy that was very clearly intended for it to be on that day. So people may have their view about religion and the role that it plays here, but I think that it's important because it's a story about how they got there, how Brenda got to be Brenda and everything about her upbringing, her family and the family that she marries into and these rules and regulations that are laid down for women and children specifically to adhere to. And I do believe that plays an important role, particularly if we understand that the date was significant as well. And if Jim and I were working the case now, we would be looking at the totality, wouldn't we, Jim, of everything from victimology, but also the date, the the very day. 
And of course, a neighbor plays a pivotal role. The house to house, everything that you would be looking at would still remain the same today. We would be piecing it together. Right. I think that's one of the things that I thought the series did fairly well. Uh, Detective Pyrie, who is a devout believer in his faith, and yet he he does he goes about the investigation with his partner in a way that was I thought very accurate. It had all of the makings of a good procedural police investigation, and of course. The, the course of that investigation took him to places and made him bang heads with people that he really looked up to and respected. And he had to challenge them in order to continue the investigation and actually find justice for Brenda and Erica. This was a very, very difficult investigation for him because it it literally clashed with his own faith. And I thought, I know, Lisa, you may have had uh, issues with the historical part of this series. In other words, they went back to sort of the founding of this faith and and how they 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 got to Utah and and that whole story. And it was a very, very difficult and violent time. And I think the the director or the writers really wanted to to show that the the foundations of the religion were also the foundations of this crime and that there was there was sort of a one to one relationship there and that violence is justified in pursuing faith and i think you know that goes back to the crusades sure. the christian Absolutely. faith uh, i don't you know i don't agree with it I don't believe that that violence ever is justified, especially against people who are helpless and vulnerable. And, you know, so much so that, you know, a 15 month old child is brutally murdered. And it's a metaphor for all the religious violence, religious motivated violence in the world, you know, and all the crusades and religious wars and and the people who commit honor killings and everything that is done that that violence that is done quote in the name of god in the name of religion uh i think it's all 100% unjustified it's when you're talking about people who are attempting to be good and punish who they call sinners with the ultimate sin which is murdering innocent people so it's funny how people will use faith and and righteousness to justify horrific, illegal, just inhuman crimes. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. 
Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You hear that? Your dog knows. Spring is coming sooner than you think. But the warmer weather also means that fleas and ticks are coming back. Fleas are an itchy nuisance and can easily get into your home, furniture, and beds, which can be terrible. Ticks are even worse. They're hard to spot but can carry disease and get your dog really sick. PetMed's pharmacists connect directly with your vet to save you time and deliver the best flea and tick products for your pet. PetMed's offers low prices on all flea and tick meds, including Nexgard, Simperica, and more. Visit PetMeds.com and use promo code PODCAST to save 40% on your first auto ship order. That's PetMeds.com promo code PODCAST for 40% off your first auto ship order. Well, I actually didn't have as much issue with going back into the past and showing the, the history of, of LDS. I had more of an issue with the procedural part of it because mm-hmm. um, that's something that Dustin Lance Black created. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he created this character played by Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield of Detective Pyree. And that for me, just it didn't seem to make sense with me why this detective would have such a crisis of faith and crisis of consciousness over pursuing the facts of this case, because it's so clear that the offenders in this case are not your normal, typical, loving Mormon family. I mean, they are the outliers. You know, they are the fundamentalists, the extremists in their religion, and they were excommunicated and extremists, you know, against the government, they're constitutionalists. So I couldn't really understand why he was so emotional about pursuing these guys. And I I think the real story is much more interesting than creating this detective character. And I hate to say that because I love Lance Black. Um, I've I just love his screenplay for Milk. There are so many things about him that I love. And I know that he worked on this series for many, many years and he did copious amounts of research. But I think putting on this detective narrative for me was not as interesting as just the story itself, just the the flashbacks um, of Brenda and her journey in this family. And, And the women in this family, to me, were so compelling. I felt like they really deserved more screen time than Detective Pyrie. Well, what I would say, Lisa, because I think that's an interesting take, is having worked a number of dishonor killings or blood atonement cases, this is actually what happens. You're met with a brick wall. You're met with people who don't want to talk to you or with you. You may not be of that same race or faith or culture, but it forces you to question everything that you know and that you understand about religion, about people's beliefs, and about how you can really believe that someone deserved to die for a kiss or for something, a trivial transgression, whatever it might be. And I do think all these things do come to bear. And, you know, I take your point that there would be other ways into it, but I found his questioning on everything at every level and the pressure that are brought to bear on, on him as a detective and as a religious man, which one comes first? I think there are those 
those questions that people have to ask themselves in real life at times. And there are pressures brought to bear when people don't want a religion or something to be brought into disrepute or be put under the lens or to get criticism or attention. Mm -hmm. And I think that that needed to be drawn out, actually, um, in small communities as well. Because when you're living and working in a small community, these things do happen. And people might say, well, this is extremism. But how did they get to become extreme? It didn't happen overnight. It happened over time. You know, Brenda didn't get there overnight either. So I think that actually what he's done is create this journey that we all go on of asking questions and soul searching of the the brutal murder, which we all agree is absolutely heinous. But how did those individuals get there? And what role does law enforcement play when you've got religion versus government interference? I think we are having this very relevant conversation now at a time when SCOTUS has done exactly the same of making decisions about women's bodily autonomy and reproductive rights. You don't get there all in one go. It's steps that are taken into extreme behavior and people being indoctrinated and subjugated. And I really thought it was quite important to see him question and challenge and his two girls, his daughters of what he's raising them into And I think questioning things is healthy, actually being curious, questioning, challenging, not always accepting. And that sometimes it's a very lonely path as a police officer, as a detective and the questions and the, the situations that you find yourself in through no fault of your own. He's there to do a job. And I think the whole questioning around girls and women in particular LDS women must be obedient, serve their husband, and you're raising girls, your own girls, to be independent, to be, to have their autonomy, but at the same time you're subjugating them, maybe not to that extreme end, but effectively you are in any form of religion. And I think that's where we get into, well, who does religion serve? And whatever religion it might be, who does it serve? Who are the people who have a voice within it? Because even when I worked lots of cases, sadly, where there was uh, someone was killed in the name of honour and it was predominantly girls and women, girls and women didn't have a voice. When we met with community leaders, it was all men, men telling us what their community wanted. And as I kept saying to my bosses, who were all men, we need to hear from women. We need to hear from girls. We need to hear their voices. Because what if you've got communities within communities? It's not all one voice, one community. So actually, when I started working cases of so-called honour and blood atonement, it it made me question everything, Lisa and Jim, about how could you think a brutal murder was the right thing to do? And how can so many people believe that to be the right thing to do and to be hostile to detectives that I was working with of not talking with us? There's something much more about indoctrination. They felt that a girl or woman deserved to be brutally murdered like Banaz Mahmood in the name of honor. And in the, in the, some people would say it was religious. Other people said cultural, but when you've got that echo chamber all around you and there's no other voice, and that's the role that detective Tarba played. I loved him. Gilbert was brilliant. That role. See this role. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but just real quickly, that role, I definitely got behind and as a, as a, as a function of a fish out of water where he's coming in, he doesn't know this community. He doesn't understand it. I, I thought that was so effective, um, much more so, I think, than the well, character. Yeah. 
I think he understood it, but he understood it from a very different perspective. And I thought that was incredibly well done in this series. I think that the way the LDS leader sort of tried to use history and the history of his tribe uh, to his benefit to try to manipulate him. Uh, and then he said he told an incredibly different story. And of course, this is handed down from person to person, generation to generation in his tribe about how they were used and 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 basically manipulated and then used as scapegoats in that incident. So I thought, again, I thought that was I loved the history of it. I loved the fact that it put everything in context. And I think in answer to your questions about why the investigation was so important, again, I think that because the history is used basically as a metaphor for what happened in this case and the investigation had similar twists and turns. It was sort of masked as one thing and and turns out to be something very different. And a family that that had a history and reputation of being so successful and pillar of the community type family, but that harbored some very, very dark secrets and just fostered this. We can do anything in inverted quotes that we want as long as we justify it. And that is wrong. It's it's horrific. It's brought to the extreme in this case. And and I do agree, though, that the women that were depicted in this series that, you know, for the most part, they were able to sort of overcome the literally the chains that they were forced to bear and they were able to, you know, at least come together to try to right a wrong, a very horrific wrong. Yes, I think the boundaries, though, in terms of we see Brenda's role and the other women's roles, and you see Brenda sort of being somebody who was trying to read the news and went on to read the news and wanted to live her life. And then slowly through her husband's admission that he had built her a, a different sort of cage. And I think those sorts of things were actually depicted very well. Oh, yeah. You know, and I think that is it is important to show that of how autonomy and agency starts to erode slowly over time. If all those rules and regulations were laid down up front, then someone like Brenda wouldn't buy into it. But it was all things that slowly and you could see. And I felt it was done well that, yes, I should get pregnant. And yes, I will take that next step. And yes, when I'm raising concerns, I'm trying to do things the right way because I still believe the right decisions will be made. And that naivety that if she voices eloquently her issues with husband and other members of the, the family, that the wiser, sager men in charge will, because her father was sage and wise, she expects the right decisions to be made. But She's taking this very dangerous, dangerous number of steps to help Diana, who actually really is the critical person in the whole mm -hmm. case. But it's a very slow process of how how Brenda got there and how the Lafferty's got there, handed down from their father. The, the next step, the next step in terms of who holds the power, who holds that control and what they decide to do with it. And lo and behold, religion, they get these revelations that religion 
tells them to take these next steps. Self-serving, absolutely justifying their and rationalizing their very human goals and desires. Sexual desires, effectively. Yeah. And, you know, that I thought also they did a great job with Detective Pyrie and the relationships that he had with his wife and girls. And I do think it was it was good to show the character was was in a great position to show how someone of faith can actually realize that the the manifestations of these rules when he first just started using them to manipulate his wife and make her do what he wanted to do and then started realizing with respect to his daughters like he doesn't realize he's doing it to his own wife but he doesn't want to see somebody do it to his daughters He can't see that he is the monster that he doesn't want to attack his daughters and control his daughters and manipulate his daughters. He's that person already. And so I thought that was a pretty amazing series of events that in the end, I don't think his character arced much. In other words, uh, you know, he was there. He was ready. He knows what was up. But I think he just goes back to the situation and continues the way he was before, which is, I think, very wrong. The easier and quieter life, because the bigger part is better than the sum of the the whole for the individual. Hmm. And I think that that is once something's been raised or you look in the mirror and you see yourself for what you are, you have two decisions to take. You either change it or actually you get through whatever has presented and then you just carry on doing it. So that part didn't surprise me. But I think this continual question about pedophilia, polygamy, Absolutely. you know, sexual desire, about women being owned, this entitlement, this sense of male privilege, the priesthood, only the man has the opinion, everybody else has to play second fiddle to that. And that is in everybody's interest, when of course it's not. I mean, this is about classic patriarchy. And from very early on, even as Jim, I'm sure I don't want to put words into your mouth, but just knowing the crime, knowing that they both had their throats slit, you know, it's wet work. We've talked about it before. It's up close and personal. It's to silence someone forever. All of those things would point to some form of revenge, some form of punishment, some form of making a clear display and a clear example. But to take the decision to do that to the mum and to the 15-month-old, that's like the blood atonement, the killing the family line. It doesn't matter how many children. I've seen many cases like that, unfortunately, but a 15-month-old and everything about it would mean looking to her relationships, her intimate relationships, the people around her, and knowing that you've got this very close family. You know, For detectives, it, it wouldn't take too much to work out the who. Yeah, well, that's my point about the procedural aspect of it. But you just struck me so hard, Laura, when you mentioned that she was silenced because, you know, and and um, this is a sensitive description. So please um, take care of yourselves, listeners. But she her throat was not only cut silencing her, but she had the vacuum cord wrapped around her as well. I mean, it's just hitting me that that's just such an overkill of someone. She was strangled first, and we've talked about manual strangulation. I mean, it is one of the most common forms of how a man controls a woman. 
it's actually just become a criminal offence in its own right in England and Wales, non-fatal strangulation. Mm. But I, I believe that most likely, given who Brenda was, her lack of, well, she would have fought and she would have fought tooth and nail, as we know as mothers, that you would because you are looking to protect your child. And so she would have fought tooth and nail and therefore that cutting of the vacuum cord, which fortunately we don't see any of this in in episode one, but we see more about the circumstances in the final episode that's called Blood Atonement. And I believe that it was wrapped around her neck, first of all, because she was fighting so much to incapacitate her. And then the final act was to slit her throat. And I'm sorry, this is so graphic, but this is what male violence looks like to silence her forever. And there is a debate about whether that was Ron, whether that was Dan, but equally make no mistake, this was about silencing her forever. And this was about making it very clear that you do not challenge their level of authority in any way and making an example of her and the baby who was completely, they were both defenseless going into their home and acting that way in, in every every aspect of it. I mean, I just shuddered. I've been to those crime scenes. I've seen those photos many times before. They didn't play it all out in episode one, but the brutality should not be glossed over in any shape or form. And Sharon, actually, the sister did say that she was glad that they didn't show that level of detail, but she was concerned about showing Brenda as vulnerable and not embarrassing Brenda or showing her as vulnerable because that's not who she was in real life. But I have to say that we have to remember it's the killers that put her there. It's not, in my view, Dustin Lance Black that renders her vulnerable. It's actually what was done in real life and he's depicting it. And I think it is important to show a case like this because I hadn't heard of Brenda's case or Erica's. And I think that what he has done is bring her into full character of us understanding how she lived her life. And it may not be a perfect portrayal because as Sharon knew her best, but he did go and spend time with her mother and father and did spend time with, with Sharon. And it may not be the perfect depiction in their eyes. And I want to honor that too. Of course. But I do feel, and maybe we'll get to hear from Dustin Lance Black, and you you know him, Lisa, but I did feel he did try and take those steps to ensure that she wasn't a footnote. Whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate, Liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness, all in a single sugar-free stick. Liquid IV is perfect for daily use before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out, or on long flights. Basically, anytime you need a pick-me-up, however you hydrate. Grab your Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier Sugar-Free in bulk nationwide at Costco, or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code WONDERY at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today, using promo code WONDERY at liquidiv.com. 
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Well, that was my favorite part of the whole series, as I've said, is the flashbacks to her life and the lead up to this. And I also I really want to shout out Sam Worthington, who plays Ron Lafferty, because I think Lance really gives him just this amazing descent into this toxic male fragility. He perverts his religion to prop himself up when things aren't going his way. And I think that is true uh, to the book and true to what I've read about the real Ron is that he starts out as just a, a normal father and, and is not into the whole um, fundamentalism of, of LDS, but then slowly over time, as he's met with failure after failure starts to use it to prop himself up. Yeah. Well, when you give him the tools, to do that when you when you allow men to use the religion and religiosity as a manipulation and control over any female they want and other males as well they, they when you give them that tool that's it's not any kind of revelation that they're going to use it and especially when he feels like He's being emasculated and he's not being respected. He just uses that to suppress everybody around him. And it's so convenient and it's so it's such bullshit. But we see it all the way back through history where people in that same position will use their power in order to manipulate others so that they can get what they want and they can take away everything or anything from other people. And in this case, what they took away were the lives of these two beautiful people and and more. So it's just I, I, I feel like that, you know, uh, the the character Detective Tarber and what what's the actor's name? Papa. Detec- Papa? Taba. Taba. Gil Birmingham. Uh, who, sorry. Detective Gil Birmingham, Taba. you'll know from Twilight and many oh, yeah. color high water. He's fantastic. Um. And uh, he's he's a major star in um, Yellowstone as well. I love there was a scene where they're standing outside. It's kind of getting it's they're in the desert area and he's kind of looking off and his hair, which is sort of silvery, like not gray, silvery, just kind of lights up in in that scene. And he is expressing the view that religion and church is not what guides him. Nature guides him because nature is God. And I just love the the simplicity of that scene mm-hmm. and how he kind of used it to educate uh, Detective Pyrie about how he was being led astray and how he was being manipulated and how he can find in his own soul, in his own heart, his own gut, what the right thing to do is. 
And I thought that was such an amazing scene. I thought it was so well acted. He was he was just such a, you know, a powerful sort of force of nature in that scene. And I thought he finally, you know, because in a lot of it, he's being told, oh, get my tickets and do this, do that. And finally, I thought he got his due respect when he boiled it down and and taught Detective Pyrie what he should have known all along. So I love that scene. The trust your gut. Yes. Which is why I say on Crime Analyst at the end of every episode, trust your instinct. And it was a a sort of a shakeup in a very simplistic way. I agree, Jim. That was one of the, the standout scenes. And of course, they're both fictional characters for those who are wondering. We have so much more to talk about with this amazing series, Hulu's original series. And uh, but for now, this is Real Crime Profile signing out. Real Crime Profile was created by Jim Clementi, Laura Richards, and Lisa Zambetti. Produced by Laura Richards, Lisa Zambetti, Jim Clementi, and XG Productions, and distributed by Wondery. Editing by Nick Jaworski at Podcast Monster. Logo art by Jim Clementi. Music composed and performed by Simba Tsumba. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Real Crime Profile ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The wait is over. So far, you're not losing. The only thing you're losing is my patience. Quickly, I see that. Bing! The queen of the courtroom is back. I didn't do anything. You wouldn't know the truth if it came up and slapped you in the face. I see he's not intimidated by anything. I can fix that. New cases. She wanted to fight me. Leave her alone. Okay, so, um... Not, this is not a so. This is a period. Classic Judy. Did you sleep with her? Yes, Your Honor. You married his cousin. His brother. That's not him. Yes, ma'am. I would make a beeline for the door. The Emmy Award-winning series returns. How did I know that? I have a crystal ball in my head. It's an all-new season. It's streaming. You can say anything. (laughs) Judy Justice. Only on Freebie.